for tuning in to today's podcast of Manage the Wild. Um, today, uh, this podcast is, one, it's a question that I've continually heard about over the last little while, I guess kind of since August, and it kept popping up and popping up, and then uh, we had an elk die in the feed row, and I asked if this was going to be blue tongue, and the biologist said no, so I was confused because it was quite, uh, it was talked about a lot, quite a bit in August and September, and then it just kind of went away. Um, they ended up checking this elk out for a whole host. They did a whole host of tests on it, came back negative for CWD, came back for brucellosis. They still were running some other tests. Uh, one of the things they think is it ended up being shot. But I kind of want to learn a little more about blue tongue. And what I did find out is blue tongue is separate from epizootic hemorrhagic disease, EHD. So I thought they were both the same thing. So when people say blue tongue, I thought they meant the exact same thing, but they do not. They are different. So epizootic hemorrhagic disease we're going to talk about today and blue tongue. What they are is they're viral diseases. Viral meaning something similar to COVID. That's how it works. Close contact. Uh, they're coming in close contact with another animal that's infected. Elk, deer can get it. Ruminant animals is ones that are really affected by it. So you can see it in other ruminants, cattle and sheep. Uh, they're not seriously affected by it, not the same as wildlife. Some species are more susceptible to it, like white-tailed deer uh, are way more susceptible to hemorrhagic diseases than mule deer and elk are. But we did have some cases pop up. They found a few bucks that were healthy. Uh, the sheep herders did. They were healthy, large bucks. They never got shot. They brought in law enforcement. They checked. So they took them to the lab and the decay from them had taken too long to where the samples were ruined. They couldn't for sure say whether it was a hemorrhagic disease or not. And so it just kept popping up and these large mature bucks kept dying and they just couldn't figure it out. And so they were thinking it was hemorrhagic disease um, because nothing else kind of fit what they were seeing at the time. So uh, sheep, cattle, goats, they can get it, but uh, any other ruminants can be affected buy it. It's completely separate from chronic wasting disease. What you're going to see if a deer has EHD or blue tongue, uh, they're going to be pure uh, lethargic. They're going to be uh, disoriented, not like you can walk right up to them. They're going to be lame. Uh, in some situations, they're completely unresponsive. Uh, I saw a video uh, of an animal that had it, and the researcher walked up to the animal, and they pushed on it, and the animal just didn't even acknowledge that anybody was around. And uh, one thing that gets really common that they'll see, one of the big uh, signs that it has it is they'll start to salivate excessive and they'll start to foam. And it kind of gives you that scary rabies foaming at the mouth. You better run for your life type feel. Then you're going to start getting blood discharging from the nose. You're going to see sores on its nose and sores on its mouth. And this is where the tongue comes into play because sometimes, and not in all cases, they're going to get this blue tint to their tongue. And it kills quickly. 
if it does kill. Some animals that you're seeing uh, may go on for a week or so, but the vast majority, as soon as you start seeing these signs, they are dead within a day or two. It takes roughly five to 10 days of incubation. So you could watch an animal for a few days and see this magnificent buck, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's dead. How is it spread? Uh, it could be in the ag industry, and they could have it, those sheep or cattle or goats that are brought out into the wild, turn loose on the summer range. They could have it, and they could spread it that way. Here's where it gets really interesting, and this is why uh, it kind of goes away. But this is also a situation where feed rows may not be great. Um, they this kind of really pops up in areas that are wet and muddy and humid and all these animals uh, so like think of late summer in the bottom of these canyons where the only water in these hot landscapes are right at the bottom so all the animals are congregating and so you have a spreading throughout all these animals. Um, it's mostly spread by gnats, at least in a lot of the things that I've seen. Uh, it can be spread other ways, but generally this is what they're seeing is gnats and mosquitoes. And once it gets colder, it kind of dies out. And that's because the animals are spreading out farther apart. And those disease-carrying gnats, uh, they can no longer fly in cold weather and so it just kind of goes away but if you have an animal that's a carrier that's carrying on with these uh, symptoms for a long period of time on these feed rows then uh, you can have some situations but why the biologist said we shouldn't worry about it is it wasn't the right time of year winter time it really cuts down the different insects that carry it and infect other animals, they are not out and about. And so it's not something that you necessarily need to worry about. Now, when you start hearing about animals dying in August and you have no idea why, then that may be one. Uh, there's hundreds of different things that could be affecting animals out there. Uh, we had an elk die that we pulled off the feed row. I pulled off the feed row the other day. Uh, the biologist wanted to take the collar today. So we um, took a look at the elk, flipped the elk over, and it had a blown front shoulder uh, completely destroyed. And the entire thing was gangrene and basically died from infection. Uh, look, it looked like uh, it had been shot low. If you line up where its body was, it was just right below the brisket on that front shoulder. It had hit right where that elbow joint was and basically just turned into a sack of infection and the elk ended up wasting away and dying. So again, just like last podcast, Pick your shots carefully, uh, but you don't have to worry about, it seems like you don't have to worry about EHD or blue tongue because they are separate uh, as soon as it moves into winter time. All right. That's what I have learned today. Hope you guys have a great day. Stay wild.